Welcome to the Close Knit Podcast, a podcast that showcases fiber artists from around the world. You're listening to episode 24, and this week I spoke to Olive Riley of Spinning a Yarn. Olive is a hand dyer based in New Zealand. We talk about how a visit to the Massey School Open Day took her from wanting to study nursing to studying textiles, and how her schooling has influenced her work. Olive took over the business, Spinning a Yarn, from her sister Jess, and we talk about what it's like to take over a business from a family member and how they've worked together to grow the business. Olive has generously offered a giveaway of her incredible hand-dyed yarn on her luscious merino and silk base. It's so beautiful. Um, she's giving away three skeins of four-ply fingering weight, so head on over to the blog, closeknit.com.au slash podcast to, to enter. Listen on for our whole chat. Thanks for tuning in. Hey, it's Ani of Close Knit, and I'm here with Olive of Spinning a Yarn. Hey, Olive. Hi, how are you? Yeah, good. How are you? Yeah, really good. It's a beautiful sunny day in Wellington, so it's really nice. Yeah, yeah, we're in Hobart, and it's, um, or I'm in Hobart, <laughs> we. Um, it's, we're having the weirdest weather ever. It's like, I think I've been told, like, Hobart's kind of known for having bizarre spring weather, where it's kind yeah. of really rainy one day or even like lately we've had in one hour we'll have like rain and then hail and then sunshine and like <laughs> it's like just the whole bloody spectrum how do I dress for that <laughs> yeah exactly exactly yeah but we've got a little bit of sunshine right now so I'm happy about that nice are you from Wellington originally no I'm actually from Golden Bay which is like the hook at the top of the south island of New Zealand yeah so okay, yeah. but I've lived in um in Wellington since 2011 I think it is so it's been a wee while now feels like home yeah cool <laughs> yeah it's cool yeah nice all right well I'm gonna jump straight into it if that's all right with you yeah of course awesome what's your fiber of choice and what sort of craft medium do you gravitate towards the most um so my fiber of choice to knit with I think I don't really have one but I often use my yarn that I dye so that's 50% merino and 50% silk and I think it's kind of spoiled me in a way so I just gravitate towards really soft yarn I think that's the the main one for me is it doesn't really matter what fiber it is but as long as it feels amazing that's what I go for yeah. 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 But I um, mostly knit as well. I do a bit of uh, machine knitting and oh, also cool. hand knitting, but I'm quite slow, so it does take me a while to actually finish anything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I think that's the nature of hand knitting, right? Yeah. I mean, I guess that's what's good about it too, is that it takes time and you put all that energy into it that it makes it amazing when you actually do finish it. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. How did you learn to machine knit? Um, I studied fashion design at Massey University in Wellington, and okay. um, I did all of my papers within, uh, like, the electives that I could take, I did in textiles, so mm -hmm. I did a machine knitting class as a block course one summer, and learned how to use, like, you know, the brother sort of um, domestic hand knitting machines, yep. so... Um, yeah, that was a really cool paper, and we but they basically taught us how to use the machine and then how to push the boundaries of the machine to make it do cooler stuff than what it was designed for. So it was really mm. it was really awesome to do. But um, mostly I just do like stocking stitch on my machine and do baby blankets and um, a few garments and things like that, just because it's really quick. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's really good to get things done and like gifts and things like that as well. Yeah, totally. I was thinking that as like, oh, Christmas gifts, because mm. I've got this whole list of, you know, people haven't 
aren't expecting stuff for Christmas necessarily or whatever holiday. I don't even know what to, what to call it, but the, that Christmas season, right? Like I always mm. feel kind of like I have to gift something to people in my life. Yeah. And I've promised my sister a cardigan, but now all of a sudden I'm like, Oh wait, what about like my sister's partner and my mom I know. and my brother? <laughs> I've done like this year. I want to do all handmade Christmas presents, but, um, mm. so I've sort of started now, but um, I've also told my family, why don't we do just Secret Santa? We just do one present for each person. Like, you know, we each do yeah. one present because otherwise it just sort of seems like it just gets ridiculous, the amount of things that you get that you don't really need. So yeah, I think exactly. we're going to do that this year. It's going to be good. Yeah, I know. I kind of, I think we talked about doing like only experiences or or just nothing. But then yeah. I was like, but I'm making a cardigan for Taya. So like, who? what about everybody else? <laughs> yeah, oh, Taya's the one person. Maybe it's like you decide every year one person in your family gets like a hand-knit <laughs> thing from you. Like next year's mom's here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could do it that way. Or you could spend the whole year making things um, <laughs> and still probably not have time to do everyone something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. I've um had uh this is digressing a little but I had a friend that did um Christmas presents that was a performance or a speech or a song for a f- like someone in the family which I think is a really cool idea as well going along those oh, yeah. lines of not things that people don't need which is cool yeah totally yeah, yeah. I love that any way to any way to buck the system a bit <laughs> mm, definitely definitely yeah, it's cool. um so I I remember reading about Massey University a little bit because I saw their like sustainable textiles program. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me like how you ended up there? What I know you studied like textile related stuff, but can you walk me through what that was like for you? Um, well, I actually like when I went to the open day for the university, I actually went to do nursing and I went to the nursing s- sort of seminar about what, what um, the course involved and things like that. And my mum mm-hmm. said, you know, you've always really liked textiles and fashion. Like, why don't we just go and see if you're like a, you know, while we're here. And so I went and I was like, when after I walked out of the lecture hall, I was like, I'm definitely doing fashion design. It's, it's just so exciting. And, um, yeah, learning about, I think uh, Massey has got a real sustainability focus and especially in what you, um, see comes out at the end of year and the honors projects that the collections that people make, there's a lot about, um, sustainability. Um, but I think really it's, kind of just the way of the future and the future of thinking so Mm. I think that's just pretty natural and even not in textiles or fashion related education and tertiary education I think it's just sort of ingrained in it now Mm. which I I think is really great because um it's yeah it's important to to think about what's going to be here when we're not and um yeah it's a really good it definitely made me realize how much I love natural fibers that are going to biodegrade and things like that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So did you, when did you learn to knit? Like just hand knitting? I really can't remember because my mom and my nana and my sister have all been knitters. I actually, my sister started spinning a yarn um, herself and then she was sort of winding it down in 2003. 13 when I finished university and that was sort of when I started wanting to do something like that of my own so it really just we kind of crossed over and I ended up buying the business off her um and then sort of changing it a little bit but it's still using the same yarn that she started using and um so it's really like fiber craft has been sort of part of my upbringing I suppose in that way I grew up in the country and 
my mum always had um, sort of fibre projects and things like that and through her friends as well and mm. yeah it was it's pretty amazing but it's kind of hard to pinpoint how I actually learned because I really don't know who taught me <laughs> everyone did I suppose that's but, amazing yeah. yeah yeah it was really cool yeah cool um I didn't realize that it was your sister who started it can you yeah take me all the way back from the inception of spinning a yarn um, so Jess started spinning a yarn, she was doing lots of craft things and I think it was in a way a way to, you know, pay for all of that, those hobbies and, yeah. um, I guess in a way that's sort of what it's like for me as well. Um, so she was dyeing yarn and also f- fiber for spinners, um, which I don't do, but I just do the yarn as well. Mm-hmm. Um, she was doing two-play and four-play, and when I took over, I started um, with two-play and four-play as well, but just, you know, the minimums that you have to buy and things like that, um, I ended up just sticking on with the four-play. Mm. Um, and I did sort of um, – Jess had lots of different colours, and she did sort of new colours every now and then and um, repeats of colours as well. And I started um, – I wanted this idea of um, – doing collections of colour, sort of, I suppose that came from the fashion side of my studies and how, like, there's seasonal colours or seasonal collections. Mm. So um, that's sort of where my colour collections have come from. And so I do about 12 to sort of 15 colours each, um, uh, twice, two seasons a year, Mm. Um, which I think has been a really cool way to do it. But sort of more recently I've been sort of trying to be a bit looser with my dye um like uh, process I suppose so it's been a bit quite fun just sort of throwing some colors together and sort of knowing that it's there's 500 grams that are going to be this color and and there's not going to be any more so that has been really fun but sort of more for my um markets it's quite a lot of admin to do that for online so that's where doing repetitive repetitions of colors has been quite good for me just not having to take photos and upload all all the time yeah yeah, yeah sure yeah um so I think I'm going to continue doing sort of a hybrid mm. but probably mostly having those one-off colors at markets yeah 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 cool so that was 2013 that you kind of took over yeah and then so it's I sort of was thinking about this this morning that it's been th- nearly three years since I like since the end of 2013 when I took it over so yeah it's kind of crazy I sort of you know um I did take one season off when I went to Europe with my friend um Mm. but since then I've done two collections or I'm just about to release my second collection Mm. um since Europe online hopefully um before this podcast comes out (laughs) (laughs) awesome yeah then we can link to it and (laughs) yeah that'd be cool (laughs) yeah awesome um, yeah. I'm super curious about how the logistics of all of that looked from kind of the learning how to die, like, and also the logistics of running a business and whether kind of Jess was a big part in your learning in that or whether your university was a big part of your learning in that. Yeah, um, definitely both. Um, so at uni, we did have some business papers, so we sort of had an idea of how to go about sort of pulling those sort of things together. Mm. Um, and also with web, um, just uh, like sorting out a website and um, sort of some mm. stuff around that branding and um, 
thinking thinking about like the social media and things like that so that sort of came from uni and I also like I took over some of those accounts from Jess Mm -hmm. so like I took over the Facebook account from Jess's ones um and Jess is just amazing like still now I talk to her about ideas that I have for spinning yarn and she's um got a few things sort of hopefully we're going to do some little collaborations as well and um she sort of wound down spinning yarn because she was it was sort of at the level where she either went for it full time or Mm. she kind of was like this is just too much energy for me to continue doing and she was starting a family and moving back to our family farm so um it worked for her to swap it change it over to me but she's really um a really great sounding board for ideas and um yeah different things like that I just recently rebranded my logo and things like that so she really definitely like had some input with that and mm. talking about ideas has been it's always great yeah we've got a really good relationship so it's she's definitely an inspiration continually that's, yeah <laughs> that's so lovely I just think that's so special yeah it is it's really lovely I'd love to hopefully you know one day we can do more things together as well mm. 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 yeah absolutely um and did you learn to dye? Like, how did you learn to dye? Um, so I did a few projects in, like, my second year, I think. I actually went and stayed with Jess when she was still doing spinning yarn, and she taught me some dye skills then. Hmm. Um, and I did a natural dye textiles paper at university as well, which um, is quite a different process to what I do with my um, reactive, acid reactive dyes. But... Um, yeah, Jess, also when I took over, I was actually staying with her. So every day I would just um, go and do dyeing in the garage and she um, would just give me tips and things like that um, as as I was um, taking it over, I suppose. Yeah, so Jess really taught me. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And how did you kind of come to figure out how to mix the colors for, for your specific, like, colorways? And the, you know, like, can you walk me through how I guess like the the physical logistical process of it but also kind of um the inspiration for the collections and the way that you approach Mm. your yarn yeah um so I usually start with just a few colors that I'm really obsessed with Mm. and then I um build the rest of the collection around those colors to create a whole spectrum you know Mm. because everyone's got different tastes and I want to be able to have a color that everybody you know there's at least one color that people are really drawn to Mm -hmm. so um that's sort of how I start it I've had a few different sort of themes like one of my collections was called lakeside and it was sort of all uh, this sort of idea of a sort of lakeside holiday and Mm. really bright colors and things like that it was probably my most different collection the others have all been quite um muted subdued colors that I'm really drawn to um and then uh after our Europe trip I had a lot of colors that I saw while I was over there and I made notes of the colors so that was really um around that and that's what's uh currently is called pure chance and it was it's currently on my website but maybe not by the time this is released um and then this latest one is sort of I guess just an evolution of that last collection and some colors that have changed or evolved to be a new collection that's a bit more summery Mm. yeah yeah um I can't remember the question now (laughs) oh just yeah so that's Um, perfect the like inspiration for how you put together collections yeah and also um 
Oh, no, I can't remember. <laughs> oh, the um, actual process. So yeah. I was um, <laughs> distracted thinking about beautiful colours. Um, I uh, Mostly I with the colours I've sort of got in my mind, I'll do some little um, sort of 10 gram samples and mm. do like a little recipe and tweak it a little bit if it's not quite what I'm going for. More recently, I have been sort of, I guess I've got a bit more experience about how my dyes are going to work. So I sometimes just do a colour knowing vaguely what it's going to turn out like. And if mm. it's not quite what I want, then I'll just do it as a one-off one dye and do another one, I'll tweak it a bit to make it my more permanent um, colourway. Mm. So I think that's probably how I'll continue doing it because it's a lot, it takes like quite a long time to do the little samples and yeah. um, now that I know what my dyes do a little bit more I think I, I'm a bit more confident about doing the big, bigger dyings um, yeah. without having such a recipe but definitely have to write them down so that I can do them again. <laughs> yeah I always have that trouble with um, with like natural dyeing and stuff. I, I, mm. I'll write down vaguely what I did but then I'm like oh this is not really repeatable like yeah exactly and it's crazy with natural dyes like for a while I wanted to do natural dyes with spinning a yarn as well but yeah. I've I've done a few but it's quite hard to know how the colors are gonna um continue like they're gonna change as mm. the, the garment's been worn and washed and things like that which is great but it's because it's just an evolution of color but I think as something that you're selling it's um it's it's harder to you know encourage people to buy I think because they don't know how it's going to end up yeah totally <laughs> a yeah. leap of faith um I, I would like to do some more um natural dyeing though but even just for myself I think yeah yeah totally um what does an acid dye setup look like so um I think acid dyes sound kind of scary because yeah. it's like acid <laughs> yeah. but and reactive but um, and obviously the actual dyes are, um, chemical, you know, chemicals and you have to be careful with how you use them and how you dispose of them and all of that sort of thing. But, um, I use citric acid to fix, fix it to the dye and my recipes are all, um, like, I, I know how much dye my yarn can take. So I don't use more than a certain amount so that the water runs clear when I've, finished mm. dyeing so all the water that's going down the sink is just you know it's just water with a bit of citric acid maybe but the citric acid as well would fix to the um yeah so it's um my actual studio because I've moved out of my main studio is now um half of my in my bedroom which is a really big room um, and half in my laundry, which my flatmates are very kindly okay with. Um, and I just use a microwave as the heat heating yeah. so, so to heat the um, water to fix the dye. So yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, but I'm sort of like I just have to be quite meticulous about clearing up any splatters on the walls because we're renting. So yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, but no, it's it's working quite well for now, and especially coming into warmer weather, it's kind of nice to do the dyeing outside mm. and then just cooking it inside. Mm. as well so. yeah yeah so you can yeah. kind of set up big buckets outside with the yeah I guess is it considered mordanting when you're like in a non-natural dye situation I don't know like, no, no I don't think yeah, so yeah. I don't know I feel like yeah. I should probably know that but oh, no, I don't no. know <laughs> I just was trying to think of the right word for like you could yeah you could like put it in the citric acid outside and do those parts that yeah. don't need heat outside and also like mixing it through with the yarn and, and making sure that all the yarn's covered and 
sort of pulling it up like this. Oh, you can't see that. <laughs> and moving our arms up and down. It's like um, like old style laundry washing, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So if you're doing that in a confined space with white walls, it's kind of, you know, dangerous. But um, yeah. doing it outside is much more fun. <laughs> yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, what's your favorite part about the fiber arts world? Um, ooh, I think it's just how happy it makes me feel and it makes me feel calm I think like some days when I'm feeling really low or having a bad day just knowing that I can go home and do some knitting or crochet it really calms me down so Mm. I think that's what I I like the most is just that feeling of slowness that feeling of calm and like also creating something at the end of it like Mm -hmm. something that's a tangible thing yeah so I think that's what I like the most. Totally. Yeah. I think that's definitely a relatable feeling for a lot mm. of people. Um, yeah. Is there something that you're working on either for spinning a yarn or for just your own self that you're particularly excited about right now? I am excited about, I'm going to be releasing another yarn base to go with my four ply. Yeah. So I am really excited about that. I'm um, starting with doing a two ply alongside the four ply, which is what I started with. Yeah. So I'm excited about having that back again because there's been a few people that have said, oh, we're not going to do two ply again. So it's happening. Um, and hopefully I can um, get a few more bases as well as, as that kind of builds. So that's what I'm excited about. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Can you run me through? The, Sorry, <laughs> go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, oh, and the new collection of colours. I'm really yeah, excited cool. to put that online because I, um, I had them at Cannes um, as Knit August Nights in Napier in, in New Zealand. Yeah. Um, I had my new collection there and also at Holland Road um, Yarn Company last month as the Indie Dye Shelf. Mm-hmm. So they, And it's gone really well, so I'm really excited to be able to share it with everybody else. <laughs> yeah, well, I remember when I found you and I was looking at um, your pictures from the August nights, I was like, whoa, how do I not know about this girl? Like, these yarns are amazing. Where do I buy them? <laughs> yeah, and I haven't um, been able to update the online store for a wee while either. So I've sort of let that go by the wayside. Just um, we were talking about earlier, um, having work full time is is definitely a challenge with keeping things updated online even on Instagram and Facebook I find sometimes I'll be like oh I haven't actually posted anything for two weeks or a month or (laughs) yeah totally yeah yeah yeah. um what do you work in um like fiber and textile stuff during the day what's your day job yeah my day job is pretty amazing and pretty textile dream life um I work for Wool Yarns which is a yarn making factory in Lower Hutt Wellington um and I work in the office doing a sales and marketing assistant work mostly um I'm working on some of the apparel yarns that are possum merino blends the beautiful luxury yarns um so I'm sort of working with the Perino team to do marketing and send out samples to designers and things like that, which is really, really awesome work. Um, and I do, luckily, get to do a little bit of work on the Zilana yarns. Have you um, heard of those? No. They're po- possum blended yarns made in um, made in Wellington. Um, with so it's possum fur with um, different other fibers, luxury fibers, fine merino, cashmere, silk. 
Wow. Different. Uh, there's a big collection of different blends, so it's really cool to be able to work on that a little bit as well. Yeah, cool. Yeah. So is that that's like the you're working on the yarn development side of that, or like what's that? What does that yarn get used for? Um. So that that yarn gets sold as a hand knitting yarn. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. So um, but I work in the office on the like marketing side of it. Yeah. Cool. Not ma- making the yarns or anything like that. Yeah. But, yeah it's really really cool and co- cool to see the whole process and see things go from being dyed um in such a large scale going through the factory um being spun and and blended and all of those things that go along with it so that's been really awesome to know how it all works that's awesome yeah Mm. that is so cool what a good job I know it was real score (laughs) yeah Yeah. I'm I'm really lucky um to get something that Mm, I really mm. care about yeah definitely um with spinning a yarn because you also have a day job how do you manage your time and how do you kind of find motivation to keep keep going with it because you're now like nearly three years in yeah mm. um I think definitely people liking the yarn is has been a good motivator especially this year I've been sort of finding that really a good way good motivator to keep doing it and to keep um making new colors and things like that I think it's been really great to um have that support from people mm. especially um yeah just not doing it full time and things like that sometimes I do feel feel I think like anybody you know you see what other people are doing on social media and you think oh I'm not doing anything or it's not good enough or whatever um but definitely just going to markets and meeting people that love the yarn is is a good motivator to keep doing mm. it um and I think I guess sort of like what my sister found is that it's a great way to pay for a hobby. (laughs) Yeah. So um, it it means that I can travel to markets and it means that I've got yarn that I can play with and things like that. Sometimes I wish I had more time to make things for myself or um, that sort of thing because I feel like when I get home from work, I I should probably dye some yarn or I should do this winding or whatever um, when I really just want to sit and make something for myself. Yeah. it is, it is definitely something constantly you have to kind of get that balance right, um, especially when, you know, it's the weekend and you worked all week and you, you know, want to just chill out. But that's sort of, a, um, if, with it being a small business, I can kind of take time when I need mm-hmm. to. Yeah. How do you, where do you see spinning your yarn kind of going for in the next, you know, however many years for you? Um. I guess at this stage, I'm really happy with the size that it is and and what it lets me do. But mm. I think um, having a few new yarn bases will be really exciting. And um, recently, Tash from Holland Road has asked me to be stocked in her shop um, a bit more permanently. So I'm really excited about that. And I think having a few, few stockists would be really awesome um, mm. if that just sort of evolves. I'd... I'd really enjoy that I think just having that kind of more constant flow of what I need to have dyed and and a few routines around that would be really awesome um it'd be great to get to some different markets or like travel overseas with it I think that would be a really amazing experience um yeah but at the moment I think I'm really happy with um having it as a creative outlet that fits in with my life I guess and it's and yeah, it's it's quite good not having to rely on it for an income. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. nice having it as a sideline project, I think, that keeps it fun and a little bit less pressure. Yeah, totally. Mm. 
Yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> I, I think about this stuff a lot. I mean, obviously, we talk about it on the podcast, and I think about it in, in terms of other people's fiber practice, but in with, within my own sort of relationship to fiber and the podcast and knitting and stuff, I think there is a level of it's easy to put a lot of pressure on yourself mm. without having the, the additional pressure of finances. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And um, I think at, at, at the age I am and things like that, I don't want to be um, missing out on that weekly paycheck to kind of, you know, I've got a student loan and things like yeah. that to think about. So practically it's, um, it's good to keep it as a, as a sideline as well. Mm, mm. Um, so with it, you know, like it helping to pay for the, pay for itself, pay it, pay for itself as a hobby kind of thing um does it do that can I ask you that like does it you know what I mean like do you, do you still find yourself sort of out of pocket when you do these big yarn orders and do you know what I mean um no it definitely um does make it you know like uh, there is a bit of investment that you have to put in put forward yeah. before you get the money back but um yeah. yeah I've actually found that it does pay for itself and it um mm. and it does pay for me to travel around New Zealand I go to um sort of three to four markets a year mm. um, outside of Wellington. So that's that's really um, an advantage, I guess. Um, mm. And it lets me pay for equipment and, um, you know, like my my website and um, things like that. So I think it's it's definitely paying for itself, yeah, and, and, mm. a, little, and a little bit extra, which is nice, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, it's, mm. yeah. Thanks for answering that. I know it's like having to put, put people on the spot with money stuff, but it's just, um, yeah, I just think about this stuff a lot because mm. sometimes I think I'm covering my costs and then I actually think, then I actually look at mm. the reality of it or maybe some, you know, oh, the website and the business registration and this and that, they're like the things that I just, you know, I paid for out of my personal account because mm. I just didn't, you know what I mean? <laughs> out yeah, of my, there's, other, I mean, there's, my other job. <laughs> there's definitely been a few times where I have, had to top it up a little bit to get um, um, mm. a big order of yarn or something like that. But it works out and I can pay myself back down the track. So that's that's good. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. That's, yeah. I, I feel like it's nice too to talk about it because it just sort of, for me at least, and I, I imagine for other people, it's just kind of inspiring. It's like you don't have to have like millions of dollars to make this happen. You can also have the day job and do this, you know, mm. and, yeah. and it, it doesn't have to be this huge time sink and money sink and stuff, mm. you know. yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. It's worth it for the um the creative outlet as well. I think, especially when you're yeah. sort of doing that nine to five and you feel like you're not you've got energy outside of it. It's nice to have something else that you've got this this creative purpose. So yeah, totally. Good. Yeah. So do you mainly work on it then in the evenings and on the weekends, kind of? Yeah. 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 Mm. So yeah. I I try to have sort of one weekend day where I can just let myself chill out. Um, mm. but then sort of leading up to markets and things like that, I've got to put more time into it. Yeah, totally. Mm. Yeah. Um, what would be sort of your biggest bit of advice for someone who's just starting out with fiber arts or just starting out running a business? Um, I guess just keep going and enjoy it and, um, really, um, just like do what you want to do I guess um mm. and also I think like a good tip for people especially learning to knit or learning a new sort of um fiber craft 
is to try and do projects that teach you a new thing each each time you're making something. That mm-hmm. for me was kind of like a I, idea I had when I took over spinning yarn that I wanted to get better at knitting, and to do that I need to choose patterns that challenge myself. Yeah. Um, so I think that's probably my advice is just keep going and try and try and um, do something new each time to to challenge yourself and take it a little bit further. Yeah, totally. Awesome. And then I always like asking people who we should be following in the fiber arts world because, mm-hmm. you know, there's just like a million people out there I that know. We should, probably should be following. <laughs> so many to wade through. <laughs> I, know, I know, exactly. Um, so at the moment, I'm really enjoying um, a few magazine um, Instagram feeds. Mostly yeah. I go on Instagram. I think that's like my main um, social media. Um, mm. So Cole Magazine, K-O-E-L. Yeah. I love their newsfeed. It's just so beautiful and it just makes me want to drop everything and, and run away and live in like a beautiful outdoor garden with like a you know and just make things all the time and and live off the land um and the same with lane magazine have you seen that one i think they're finnish it's n-l-a-i-n-e and their um imagery is just really beautiful and really like it's definitely like this aesthetic and style through their instagram which is just really beautiful and um sort of homely and warming and yeah i really like their stuff um and then I guess um I really love Truly Myrtle Mm -hmm. um yeah she's Libby is just so lovely and um it's been really nice getting to know her at markets and things like that and she does Mm. I just don't know how she does how much she does she's really incredible so she's really inspirational to me and um I think um oh also um another Wellingtonian um Marta Buda she's a beautiful weaver and she's got the most beautiful photos as well and she does textile um design for some other brands um as well like as a I think contracting um Mm -hmm. so it's been nice getting to know her a little bit and seeing what she does she does a lot of weaving um and it's really beautiful so I can yeah I think those are my favorites at the moment (laughs) awesome yeah those are all great I'll link to them in the show notes Mm. cool awesome Sweet. Um, was there anything else that you wanted to add? Oh, um, no, I think that's that's awesome. Thank you. Thanks for yeah. having me on the show, on the podcast. It's been really nice to talk to you. Yeah, you too. Thanks, Ali. You've just listened to episode 24 of the Close Knit Podcast. If you like what you're hearing, please share us with your friends and leave us a rating and review on iTunes to help us reach more people in the fiber arts community. Thanks so much for tuning in. Till next time.